Hello, I am Blaze Bailey. You are watching Metal on Loud, probably the best metal show in the world. Thank you for joining the podcast, man. Thank you for having me. It's my absolute pleasure. How are things in your world? Really, really good. It's a very exciting time for me. We were back on Saturday at Stone Dead Festival. It was the first concert for 16 months. <laughs> and after so many false starts and this might happen, that might happen and all the cancellations to get on stage at a festival in the sunshine with a big crowd and great sound. It was absolutely fantastic. And, you know, there's a little bit of anxiety before a lot of emotion because there was a little part, I think, of a lot of us that said, is this the end of live music and live concerts as we know it? Will we ever be able to get back to what we knew? But with a lot of effort and the incredible support of fans, the gig was postponed and people didn't ask for their money back. They held on to their tickets. They kept going. Bands had to drop out because of COVID. Other bands stepped in. There was a problem with, with other things and other people came in. So it was a massive achievement from the organizers to actually put the event. I think they probably need a week off with heavy sedation to recover <laughs> from what they did. And to see so many of my fans yeah. was absolutely incredible and once we started bang everything was back and you're like oh yeah this is what i do and it was <laughs> wonderful absolutely wonderful A incredible reaction from the fans and it was my 25 anniversary set 25 years since i joined iron maiden so playing a set from my favorite songs from X Factor and Virtual 11, my own arrangements. They're slightly different. The Blaze Bailey version of the songs, it's not exactly like the record. It's our own little difference, but fans seem to enjoy those mm -hmm. versions. And it's like meeting old friends. You get the, uh, you get the song out and you haven't done it for a few years. And you think, oh, yeah, this feels really good. It's nice to do it again. Yeah. So it went really, really well, better than we could have possibly expected. The small downside, but it's what we have to do. There's no meet and greet. There's no signing. After every Blaze Bailey headline show for, I don't know, since forever, we've been able to do a meet and greet for all of my fans. And normally at a show like this, a festival, you get your sign-in times. 
because of the COVID problems, we weren't able to do any of that. But it was a, a small price to pay, and we hope that we'll be able to get that back in years to come. But apart from that, it was an absolutely wonderful, magnificent day to start again. And really, it's the start of our tour now for my new album, War Within Me. The first date is Saturday, and we start in the UK bit by bit. It's been booked well in advance with UK promoters in smaller venues, and each one, yeah, we know it may or may not go ahead, but we're going to try and make this work for both of us. And slowly, we're hoping to get through the UK without any cancellations, and then back to continental Europe, to Netherlands, mm -hmm. Belgium, and hopefully, you know, just start getting somewhere close to what we like to do. It's such a, a breath of fresh air to hear somebody uh, speak with enthusiasm about the shows that actually are happening. I've been talking to so many artists who uh, <laughs> are dreading the tour, uh, if it's going to happen or not. And to hear somebody uh, who actually performed, it's wonderful to well, hear that. As well, we are, um, you know, I'm very small. I'm, I'm tiny, man. I'm not a big popular artist. I'm a small artist with fans that really look after me and support me. And I'm not trying to get big. I'm not trying to get back to theatres or stadiums or anything. I'm happy where I am. And we just try to work things out the best way that we can. The huge advantage of being completely independent and small, we're very flexible. Mm -hmm. We can change things around and do things that bigger bands with more crew and big organizations, they can't do. They can't change things around or miss a day or different things. So, mm -hmm. so hopefully that's what will get us through. And of course, the most important thing, we've had tremendous loyal support from fans and people have been so patient about what's happening and so understanding. That's why we really, really want to get through mm -hmm. the whole thing at the start in the UK and then move on to our continental European dates. Yeah. Well, in metal, uh, there's a lot of support always. Uh, I think we have one of the uh, more uh, involved communities out there. So uh, there, there's a lot of support for artists, for, uh, uh, for venues. Yeah, yeah, we're very lucky. I think uh, a lot of um, things in the metal scene uh, involve around love for metal. And that's something that also shines, I think, in your new album. Uh, oh, if you listen you. To, the, to, the, to the album, it shows that you are doing this with a passion. Thank you. We came back from South America in February of last year and coming into Paris Airport to get the connection to the UK, people wearing masks, all the COVID signs are up. 
and it really made you think. Then in March, we did one of the very last live concerts in Europe, and it we thought it was going to be cancelled, but it went ahead. It was a sold-out show, fantastic, in London, and then after that, the dominoes started to fall. And when Chris Appleton, the co-producer, co-songwriter, and myself got together to think about what a Blaze Bailey album should sound like, we had a couple of great things going for us. One is, it's not part of the trilogy. The songs, it's 10 songs that just have to be good, don't really have to connect with each other. Each one is on its own. That was a feeling of liberation that we'd be working on individual things. As much as we loved working on the trilogy and that huge story, it was nice to get to 10 individual songs. And then the feeling that my fans had been waiting more than two years. They will have been waiting more than two years to hear the new Blaze Bailey album. And I was very aware in my own mind and in my heart that this had to be something that was worth waiting for. And when my fans that have supported me through thick and thin got this album, it had to make them feel good. It had to be a positive record for my fans, the way that when I've been down, when I've gone through the darkest times of my life, my fans have stood by me and said, we can't wait to hear your next album. We're very excited about whatever you're going to do next. And they've kept me going when I've had nothing then my fans have paid for the album in advance and made it possible for me to write and record a new album. So I've been incredibly lucky with the support I've had. And on this recording, in these songs, I wanted to do something that was positive, that would leave fans at the end feeling much better than they did at the beginning. To go on a journey where you feel hopeful and before perhaps you were hopeless, where you feel you can do things, you can still look at your dreams and perhaps before you felt your dream was over. And that's what I wanted to do with the album and Chris Appleton and myself, every lyric that I wrote and every bit of music that we came up with and every melody, things had to fit together and it was under the microscope. It was, does that chord really do the job that we want it to there with that lyric? Is this lyric really good enough? Is it positive? Is it ordinary or is it something that you can listen to a hundred times and feel good about? Those are the things 
that we did. And slowly, as gigs got cancelled and festivals got cancelled and uh, Tenth Dimension Tour got cancelled, it was, you know what? We were recording and writing anyway. That just means we have that little bit of extra time. And it was like extra cooking time that we had. So we could go, right, we don't have to listen to this now for a week. We've actually got time. And then come back to it and go, oh, that's crap. That's wonderful. Did we even write that? It's too good for us. <laughs> and that's what we did on each occasion. And it was a lot of hours. We kept working right within the restrictions. 15 days together, 15 days apart in case there was any problem with testing and the virus. And we kept going through like that. And in the end, it was so intense. By the time we got the master and we'd listened to that, we never wanted to listen to it again. And luckily, there was a few months before the April release and we were so close to it, we thought, well, we think it's good, but we just don't know because the only people that can really judge this album are my fans. No one else can say. And people that have supported me for years, that have got my whole catalogue, and there's some wonderful lyrics that I'm so proud of in my songs before and great music. And we thought, will anybody like this? Is it good or not? We just can't mm -hmm. tell now. So in April, when the digital release came out and some fans got it and fans started to stream it as well, then people said, this is possibly the best Blaze Bailey album ever. And it was a huge, huge relief. Oh! That they people actually liked it after hours and hours of work and throwing things at each other and arguments and trying to find solutions. Well, how do we get from there to here? We're not getting. We there must be a way, you know. And hang on, this bit of the song. Why is it even in there? Because I like it. Well, that's not a good reason. It has to be there for a good reason. And then we'd go. You know what we need here. E chord, power chord, bang, yeah. And we're thinking, well, it's cheesy, but we don't care because we feel 14 again. Like when we got our first heavy metal records and the excitement about hearing big guitar solos and melodies. So we just let ourselves go on that. And I think it worked out well. It's our heart. It's our passion it's not supposed to be clever or fancy there is hardly any big production on it it's a very simple album that's all about the songs and the music and the passion and making all of that fit together and it seems to have worked mm -hmm. for most of my fans. Yeah, I think it's a really authentic album and I can tell that it comes straight from the heart. Um, Thank you. 
I'm a real lyrics guy myself um, as a, a lyricist and a writer. So uh, I immediately dove into the lyrics you wrote and they just, they touch you. <laughs> oh, thank you very much. Good stuff. It's uh, my favorite is Spoo Yourself Up. Yeah. That's yeah. going to be in the live set. And it's one of the unusual arrangements. We've I've done it before where we take a big chunk at the beginning and then go on a beautiful instrumental journey and come back again mm -hmm. at the end. And the, the song isn't just verse, chorus, verse, chorus. And it, it takes its own journey and its own feeling and it's all based around true experience and things that happened to me in my early career when I started. I know I'm not a naturally talented singer. I love to sing and I learned to sing and went to lessons and had different vocal coaches because I wanted to be a professional singer and be someone that could be in Wolf Spain and do a great job. So I learned to sing. So many people said, you're not a singer. You'll never sing. You can't sing. And that's in my lyric. And when I had my horrible, life-changing motorcycle accident, and they said I'd never walk without a limp, I thought, well, you don't know me. And I managed to get back together, get the movement, get the strength back in my leg, and now I don't walk with a limp. So those are things that people said you can't do. You probably won't be able to do that. And I said, no, that's it. Laser focus. Yeah. And this is in the song and when we were coming up with different bits i th it was one of those very very frustrating things where we go you know what yeah that's great and you think oh it's finished and then chris says but i think we need a chorus and I'm like, i thought we had the chorus i don't think we have no more oh no <laughs> it's always the worst thing to come up with And then it started to come together. And we're all, oh, yeah. And then the lyrics started to come, and it all came together. And then we're doing the solo and the instrumental. I go, yeah. And he's going, what now? I'll get back to, back to the chorus. No, on with the solo, faster. And that was it. So it, it was great, man. It, it, it was great. And, you know, we played it in rehearsal. We're lucky enough to be able to rehearse at a home. And uh, the, the feeling when we did it was very, very special. So we're very excited about performing that song, Pull Yourself Up, live. I'm really curious uh, how this stuff will work out live, uh, how it will sound. Well, one of the things that we did was we said, right, this has to be simple it has to be direct and we want to be in a situation every song can be played live 
and we kept things as simple as we could with just two guitar parts, one doing power, one doing melody, simple riffs, very straightforward, great drums, but grooving and not very complicated. And we kept it as simple as we could. And each one, we, th we were thinking, what about when the fans hear this live? How will we do this live? All the way through the process. Mm -hmm. And on the trilogy, we were kind of unlimited with what we did. Right, it's to tell the story. We're creating an atmosphere. We can use all different things. On war, then it was, we're only going to use these two guitars. We're only going to use these two things. We're only going to have this simple vocal. We're not going to have big harmonies. We're not going to have a lot of, it has to be direct. And if it doesn't feel good, the song's not good enough. Because no amount of extra bits can, can make you escape the feeling that if it doesn't work just on the acoustic guitar, it's not really working. And Chris Appleton took the decision at the start. I just have a, a, an old acoustic guitar. It doesn't even plug in. It's just a really basic thing. He said, you know what? Let's do everything on this first. So every single song, apart from the title track, was played on the acoustic, each riff explored on the acoustic, each melody part, the it was incredible. And we did that, everything was working then. Then we said, right, how do we transfer this into metal with drums and what do they do? And we did that, we felt confident that we were moving in the right direction. And Chris said, I've got this idea left. Uh, oh, what is that then? He said, it's something I did at the end of one of our writing sessions last time. So it was a couple of years old. He said, but it's a full demo. So it had all the guitars, all drums on it, everything. I thought, okay. And he left me with that for two weeks. And I worked and worked. The same as Ian Gillen, it's uh, a technique that he does. He gets the full finished song, then he'll come up with the lyric. Mm -hmm. And I started looking at a couple of the notes I keep around my desktop to just positive reminders and keep myself going. And I started thinking, I wonder if that's a lyric. And I started trying it, and it was, and that was the lyrics to War Within Me. And after another week, I got it. War within me every day I fight. And it was just came to life. And so, and then that became the title track. And we were thinking of different intros for it. Oh, let's put a melodic intro. Let's, uh, and it was, no, let's start it like Holy Diver. Just the guitar going, ah, and that was it. And we, that was when it worked. It really clicked on that. No, mm -hmm. no, it's not that. We can't, it, this, is so old school, it has to start as an old school album. No intro, no build up, no nothing. It's bam! 
Bang, here we are. We're telling you, we're, we're shouting at you now. The album started. Come on. And that's what we did. And I'm very, you know, thank goodness that um, that worked out. And my blind devotion to loud metal riffs on albums actually paid off because Chris was a bit, isn't that guitar a bit loud? No, it's not. It's got to start like this in your face. And that's what we did. And it, it just worked out absolutely great. And we've had so many compliments about it. We're really, really lucky. I really love uh, how you're uh, telling me that uh, a lot of the album was built from bare bones up uh, with the, 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 the acoustic guitar and just built a song from that. I think uh, it shows that uh, how uh, powerful and uh, pure the music is. We're song orientated. Mm -hmm. And Chris and myself, we love big songs. You know, I, I love all, lots of different kind of music. But for me, the joy of being a singer is when you get it right and you're performing a song where the lyric and the music and the emotion are together, you can really move mm -hmm. people. But that's all at the beginning. That's in the essence of it. It's not in the mixing and it's not really in the arrangement of the instruments, it's all in the beginning where the music and the vocal come together. So we've done the albums that we've done together, Chris and I, we've done them like that, really. Does it make sense as a song? And then we can start exploring the rest mm -hmm. of the journey. And we feel as well, when the idea comes, it starts to have its own identity and then you have to be careful it's right where does this need to go to be the fullest expression of what it is not where do i want this to go and so there's a lot of feeling and intuition i think it goes there i feel it should go there and that's and eventually you've got it and you're looking at each other going, no, no, anything? No, it's finished. Yeah, we finished it. <laughs> and that's it. It's a gentle feeling and you can't always get it. You've got to come back to things. But it is about the shape mm -hmm. of the whole song and then how that sits with the other songs on the album. And mm -hmm. we took some decisions early on a couple of ideas weren't working no don't put energy into that that's not going to be a part of what we're doing now if it was going to work it would be working now let's concentrate on what we have and we're very lucky to be able to look at things from the perspective of vinyl my manager said good news your next album you can have vinyl and CD at the same time. Wow. <laughs> and it's just incredible. We're going to make a record. Yeah. <laughs> so gatefold, 
Gatefold, yeah, Gatefold, and a big magazine in front of it, and we're going right. So we got a big whiteboard here that that we got on, and we go right. We we put everything up there that we have to do, and he's like side A, side B, oh yeah, and it's like being fourteen again. And the whole thing started feeding in, and we thought, oh, I've got big artwork, and right, we're going to have the, oh, does this sound cheesy? We don't care. It's metal. Wrong. You know, and the whole thing started to have this extra life, and we were 14 again. Yeah. And we there we were, enjoying our first experience of metal albums and the power and passion that, great metal music can have and that's where we were and we we carried on and were so lucky that many many fans who have the whole catalog say this is possibly the best blaze bailey album ever i started this journey this dream 35 years ago maybe longer i don't know and people have supported me along the way and for my newest album not from me or journalists my newest album to be considered my best work by my fans is absolutely incredible yeah i think it has a spark it has a youthful spark and i think the the cover art is uh, on point there it's Mind-blowing. <laughs> yeah, he is a wonderful, wonderful archi- artist, Aki, and he takes my ideas and he makes them his own, and it's just incredible. I said, well, Stephen Hawking, one of the songs is about Stephen Hawking, and he goes, we can have a black hole and the wheelchair disappears into the black hole. And I said, Nikola Tesla. And he's going, and Nikola Tesla is firing lightning at at Stephen Hawking. So it's incredible. Yeah. Incredible, really. It's just brilliant. When you're writing a song, uh, what, what comes first? Is it uh, the melody line for you or is it the lyrics? There's no set way and I don't think it's good to set anything what i like to have and it's a luxury is a book of lyrics Mm -hmm. and poems that i haven't used so when if my writing partner whoever that is and it's been chris on these albums it's right what's what am i feeling is there a lyric that kind of has an emotion that goes with that that's one way another way is i'll have a melody idea and i'll catch that melody and then come back and say right here's a melody i don't know if it's a vocal melody or not Mm -hmm. and we'll do that sometimes i'll have a an idea for a lyric and record it in my dictaphone there's no set way to do it for me. And I wouldn't like to restrict myself and go, oh, I'll do it this way. The thing is, when you hit a wall, when you hit a problem, if you have the experience, your technique can get you through. Mm -hmm. You can go, right, 
Well, I'm stuck for lyrics. All right. Well, when I'm stuck, this is what we do. And I keep going like this. And you can often get a solution like that. Uh, that's it. And I think one of the things I learned over the years is if it's starting to take a long time, it's better to stop, put it to one side, work on something new, come back. If it's still not working, leave it, put it yeah. in the vault. And we, the Stephen Hawking on this album, the unstoppable Stephen Hawking, that idea I think is around for more than five years, maybe longer, where it hasn't fitted with anything. Well, we like the bits, but well, maybe we need, let's, let's not spend the time on that now. We're not making it work. And the other one is Witches Night. We, we had that music and the rough idea of what we wanted for a long time. And we'd get it out, look at it. No, we think it's good, but it's not right now. Mm -hmm. And it came out on this album and it was, you know what, it should go there, shouldn't it? Oh, and actually this section shouldn't be there at all, but we could put this, oh yeah. And now the lyric goes from here to there. Whereas, it, and, and then it makes sense. And then it's a great song telling the story of a dream that tries to save you from your own suicide. Yeah. I really love the themes on this album. And um, I see a, a couple of my heroes in the, in the, in the titles as well. Alan Turing, Nikola Tesla, Stephen Hawking. So it's, I really connected with everything on this. Oh, great. Thank you very much. Do you ever um, like uh, hit a writer's block in your past? Yeah, I mean, it, it happens often. We're just lucky, really, that we're able to get through it. And also, I don't get pressure from my manager, who's a wonderful, wonderful manager. He said, when can I expect your next studio album at the end of the trilogy? And I said, it'll be at least two years. I don't feel in my heart that I can do anything of real quality and significance until I've had a break from writing for two years because we've just done three albums in three years, the massive thing. And I said, oh, are we, I need a break. And he goes, okay, that's a long time. But he made it work for me so that when we did come to do the war within me album, we had a few, quite a few little bits and pieces, and we had the energy of, well, it's so long since we've done anything. We, we had that excitement yeah, yeah. as well. And we already had a shorthand, a way of working that had worked on the last three albums, and we, we really got together. And doing the December Wind album, recording the vocals and mixing that album together, we'd got, and I do quite a few guest vocals bands get in touch with me and hire me to be a special guest on songs on their albums. And with all of this recording 
experience. Then Chris and I, when it came to our own thing, we were really buzzing mm -hmm. about it and we were very excited about it. When you do suffer, when I've suffered with uh, a real block, the thing is just that I do, if the weather's right, it's not the middle of winter, then take a ride on my motorcycle, go for a walk, do something completely different, get out of the house and literally get a different perspective. So we had a problem with Warrior on this album and it was a, a big disagreement between Chris and myself. And he said, well, I think it should be like this. And I, and I said, well, I think it should be like this. So I got the two songs on a playlist on my phone and I went for a long walk and I kept playing them and I came back and I said, no, it's this and here's why. And I was able to get that perspective just going that distance. So I think that's a common thing for a lot of people that get a writer's block. But I'm very lucky. I don't have to produce a large amount of work. It's a small amount of good quality work. Mm -hmm. You have exactly the same process as I do. Uh, whenever I uh, get stuck, I let it go, go for a walk. And uh, when I come back, usually the answer is already there. Yeah, and sleeping on it is a good thing as well. Sleeping, showering also works. Mm. <laughs> Warrior is uh, my second favorite of the album, by the way. It's Thank uh, you. also an amazing song. So uh, this year uh, you're going to do some tours if uh, the virus gods are willing? Well, <laughs> I'm very, very lucky. My team have booked a tour well in advance. And it's something that we've spoken to the local promoters about and worked out to try and make things work for both of us and for fans. So on Saturday, we start with our first show. The only real difference that we're going to have is no meet and greet. I've done that really since I started, except for the maiden years where it made them just too big to do any kind of meet and greet at a show. So all of my own shows, I've done a free meet and greet. And now this tour, it's just not possible because of the risks involved and potentially jeopardizing other shows. But that's the only real difference. The performance will be the same mm -hmm. as we've always done, filled with passion about the music that we do. So we are doing everything we can to make sure that none of the shows get cancelled because of the virus. And then we've got European dates booked for next year and we're just hoping yeah it's a slow start not too intense because we've got to find our way through this is all new now we're on the other side of this terrible thing that humanity's gone through so we take it steady bit by bit 
We've got dates booked for next year. We'll be announcing them soon. And, you know, we do everything we can to stay healthy and make those shows happen. We pull ourselves up. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, thank you very much for talking to us. Do you have any last words for your fans out there? Just a huge, huge thank you for your support. Thank you for believing in me and being a part of this dream at such a difficult time. You've kept me going and I hope you'll be able to make it to a show so that I can sing my new songs to you. I'm looking forward to hearing it live, man. Thanks a lot for being on the podcast. Thank you for your time and metal on loud. Okay, mate. See you next time. Thanks for having me.